Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from the deep Negev desert. That's right. I am uh, really not far from a lot right now, and I'm looking at dramatic mountains uh, that are that are that I feel sad that there's no real way for me to describe them other than they are they are jagged. They have shadows and clouds behind them, and the sun peeks through and shines. And they look ancient and immutable. And uh, Egypt was here at a certain time in history about 4,000 years ago. Uh, today it's under the control of Israel. And it's just an incredible, incredible mountain site that uh, on the one hand gives you peace because you feel um, kind of alone in the great world that God created. And, and at the same time a kind of awe uh, at the smallness of mankind vis-a-vis this earth and then vis-a-vis this universe and just uh, sometimes when you are at the great desert uh, you just feel uh, tiny and small maybe not insignificant because because there's a way to talk to God here and suddenly you feel it you find the significance of being out here um, on your own and uh, communicating and that's what's so important about vacation and this is not any vacation this is Hanukkah vacation Hanukkah vacation I'm sorry about my voice is a little bit funny. I've <clears throat> been camping for the last few days. So just nature, you know, we're just not, so not used to not having our nature as conditioned. We're used to having our nature very conditioned. So to have it unconditioned is surprising a little bit for the body. Uh, but in any case, what I can tell you uh, is that uh, for me, uh, vacation is one thing, but then Hanukkah vacation is another thing. There's nothing like Hanukkah vacation. Hanukkah vacation, to me, is uh, one of the privileges of living in Israel. Uh, the kids are off of school most of the holiday, and so you kind of are forced uh, to take some time off. Uh, and I've made it, uh, thank Hashem, I've made it into kind of a family tradition that, uh, that on Hanukkah we try to, to bust out, and usually down here to the Negev. A lot of my friends go to the north, and the north is very beautiful. But I hang out uh, in in the uh, desert, and it kind of clears my mind and, and gets me going again. On top of that, uh, on top of that, uh, this desert has in it this incredible water called the Red Sea, or really the Reed Sea. But in any case, the Red Sea is really uh, close by here, and uh, visited yesterday with the family, and we all enjoyed it, except for my littlest one to whom the water was a little bit too cold. You have to have a little bit of body fat in order to withstand it. It's not that cold, but it's cold. It's, it's, a, cold, it's a colder type water. Uh, but it is also amazing that within these uh, in, incredulous mountains, um, I don't know if I use that word properly, but you'll forgive me. Um, these, these, these kind of, you know, these surprising mountains of, the, of Israel's southern desert, uh, within that suddenly there's this very, very cold and very lively um, sea, teeming with life, an interesting life, and it's, a, it's fabulous. Uh, so as I'm walking with you right now, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm walking in the desert, and I'm walking on a kind of r- dried riverbed. You can still see the currents of water uh, leaving its marks here. Another thing is that when you're walking in this desert, uh, like we did y- uh, the day before yesterday, so we found amazing sea uh, rocks, sea stones, smooth, round, colorful sea stones in the middle of this very deserty desert. And uh, that's because not so long ago, uh, a few million years ago, uh, 
uh, this was also underwater, and it's obvious. You can just see it. It's just it's. You don't have to be a great scientist to understand that this place was underwater uh, not so long ago by the standards of, uh, of of billions of years. How does that work out with uh, with with the creation chronology? Truth of the matter is, I'm not so. It just doesn't freak me out so much. I I don't. I'm just not 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 so troubled by these issues. To me, I think it's pretty simple that the world is uh, millions of years old, but uh, the globe or or the universe. Uh, but at the same time, humanity and the story of humanity is uh, 57, uh, 82 years old. That's not, that's not so, it, doesn't ju- it just simply doesn't trouble me. Uh, why doesn't it trouble me? Because, because I think there's ways to make the math work, and I think also because, um, because we don't know everything about creation. And, we don't, we don't, and those things are, there's a mystery there, and we don't have all the knowledge on that. Um, and I'm, I'm walking right now in, in creation. If you want to know where I'm walking, you see that movie, The Martian? That's that. It's like a Mars-type, uh, Mars-type landscape here. And I'm just, I'm even having such a good time right now. I was just like reflecting inside my heart how much fun it is to record for you while walking in, in this riverbed. It's just, it's just fabulous. It's just such a beautiful place. And, um... And it's so good for like all these tensions that live in funky places in your body that just like in your shoulders and in your back and in your I don't know and you know underneath your you know shoulder blades and all these places and just sleeping uh, in a tent uh, with the family and uh, you know barbecuing at nights and making a bonfire it's just uh, for for me like I don't I don't want any like my wife always says to me what what do you want me to get you I said to her, you know what I want. I don't want anything. My favorite thing in the world is a vacation. That's just my favorite thing. Give me three days with the family somewhere. That's like that's the greatest. Now, if you couple with it, couple to that the issue of uh, Hanukkah and the this incredible holiday of lights and and the consciousness of the resurrection of the second temple, the rebuilding, the re- rededication of it. And uh, you add to that the national rebirth of the Jewish people in the land of Israel in our times, and the the yearning to make Hanukkah, uh, you know, you know, like you could say, uh, let's you know make Hanukkah great again. But it's more like Hanukkah makes us great again. That's more like what it is. Or or Hanukkah, you know, Hanukkah makes us great again. That's what it is. You know, it's not that it's not that we make Hanukkah great. It's that Hanukkah. The whole point of Hanukkah is that it made us great. Uh, it, it, it rededicated the temple. It it, uh, it re um, repositioned correctly the uh, the Jewish the Jewish um, sovereignty in the land of Israel, and that's what we could use today. We could. It's always it's always a good time for a Hanukkah, but certainly in our time uh, where the questions about the the Jewishness of the Jewish state continues to to be. Um, one of the one of the main questions of our time, like how Jewish should the Jewish state be, or how Jewish should the state of Israel be? You know, maybe Israel is just a uh, democratic country. It's maybe it's an America or whatever, and therefore doesn't have any you know <laughs> internal Jewish identity. God forbid. I I'm certainly not of that side. Uh, but balancing balancing the various values. Is a challenge, and, and Hanukkah comes to to rebalance things correctly. So Hanukkah makes us great again. Um, 
Yeah, I wish I could also share with you the silence of the desert, but that wouldn't make for a very good radio. Maybe just for a second. I'm just like in this like amazing bowl surrounded by mountains. And um, you feel like a, you know, th- there was a great line, the great uh, uh, paragraph that I love from Jack London. And he's like, you know, there's no time that man is more awed by, by God than when he's uh, like a lone speck uh, walking the, the great the great, uh, the great snow, uh, the, the ice, the permafrost of the north. Uh, and here it's not snow, but it's the desert. But there's definitely something here that lets you uh, walk. And I, I, can, I, I, like, I, I want to take all of you guys just on a, a little, you know, or, let, or somehow, you know, provide you with a walk because you kind of need to be alone also. Uh, but, the, but the problem is, is that um, we forget. We forget that we need that. We forget that we need to, to reconnect and also to reconnect to the way of the forefathers and mothers to walk these deserts and, to, and find God in these deserts uh, and, and, and talk to him and, 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 and listen for him. Um, and again, that's why, that's why it's so great to vacation in the land of Israel on a Hanukkah. you got the holiday, which is holy and the land that's holy. Uh, and 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 then the t- the time is holy and the place is holy and then all that's left is for you to try to be holy, and if you could do it, if you could do it for just a second, uh, then then you really uh, you feel the charge, you feel you feel uh, you feel uh, uh, an energy uh, being channeled through you, uh, or you're channeling energy, but you know a, a flow. What do you, what do I want to call it? A, uh, a channeling. A um, there's a word that I like. Uh, a conduit, maybe that's the word. Uh, let's talk just a few minutes about the Torah portion. And I was another fun thing about modern times is that my phone is not only my workstation, it's also my Torah station. And so I was listening to the Torah portion by some uh, explanations by Rabbi Eric Levy yesterday. And uh, we're getting into uh, Torah portions that are certainly some of the harder to digest Torah portions in the book of Genesis, the book of Bereshit, and that is Yosef uh, recognizing that his brothers are uh, coming to him for help. They don't recognize him. They think that he's the viceroy of Egypt, but he recognizes them, and he puts them through the ringer. He puts them through the wash cycle and the harsh cycle to see what exactly their intentions were and if they had changed, and if they had done repentance, uh, and he, he just puts them through the ringer. Uh, and these are hard Torah portions because, first thing, there is no uh, uh, the finality to the Torah portion. The story keeps going to the next week. Um, but I want to concentrate for a second on the beginning of the Torah portion, uh, which is Joseph is in the prison, and suddenly Pharaoh has dreams, and they say, you know, pe- nobody can give Pharaoh uh, proper explanation as to what the meaning of the dreams. And they run Joseph out of the prison <clears throat> and bring him to Pharaoh in order for him to answer, to explain Pharaoh's dreams if he can. So just a few points uh, about that. First thing is that, uh, and I learned this from Rabbi Eric Levy, and I heard it in other places as well, which is, that one of the reasons that Pharaoh didn't understand his dreams 
is that, and, 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 and Yosef is the man to explain it to him, is that in the Egyptian <clears throat> theological mindset, the gods were, and I'm not even so far away from where there's found some Egyptian hieroglyphics right now, uh, but the Egyptians understood the relationship between gods and man to be a combative one, where the gods needed to be basically appeased, where the gods, like in the Greek uh, pantheon, same thing, the gods are these, 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 these creatures that are there to mess you up. They're, 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 they, they are uh, um, petulant and, and small and small-minded, and they basically need to have sacrifices given to them. And the best thing you could do is, is you know, get luck on your side, get the bad gods off your, off your back, and then maybe you can make it through this not-such-simple existence. Okay, so that's, that's the Egyptian mindset. The J- Joseph is coming with a chidush, with an innovation. He says, no, the God, God is here to help you. God is here to bless you. God is here to, to help you overcome the challenges. God is here to teach you through the challenges. And much more of, let's call it a Jewish mindset, which is like, you're here to serve God, and God is not here to harm you. Everything that God does is for the good. Just that concept that everything that God does is for the good is a completely foreign concept uh, for the Egyptian uh, theology, that, that what God does is that, you know, in their mind, the gods, and maybe that's a very big difference between uh, idolatry uh, and paganism and, and Judaism, which is like, the God, if there are gods, then they're not in agreement with one another, and the world is a kind of chaotic mess, and not everything that happens is good. But in Judaism, if there's one God, and that one God is the God that is... Uh, uh, that is directing all things, and he's a good and benevolent God, then he's out there to try to help you get through your challenges and help you navigate this world and serve him as best as possible uh, and to go to a good afterlife. And, and the world is a good place. Even with all of its harsh challenges, it's still a, a, a fundamentally good place, and God is fundamentally a good God. So they, they were like, what? So, so, so Joseph is like, I'm I'm here to t- I'm, I'm I'm here to just share with you the the good God. He wants to already talk with you. You don't need me, but I just want you to know that God is a good God, and He's here to help you because there's famine coming. Now you can ask a theological problem like if it's a good God, then why is there famine coming? Okay, maybe maybe uh, maybe that's for a different podcast. But uh, uh, the 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 change of mindset is what Joseph is bringing. Saying no, God is a good God. Let me let me help you understand what He wants to tell you because He's trying to. He actually He favors you, Pharaoh, and He wants to help you navigate this world. Um, so, so a very you know an interesting an interesting mindset change. And, and let us all uh, reflect a little bit on how we re- we perceive God. Do we perceive the world as being a fundamentally good place and God being a fundamentally good God who is trying to bless us? Uh, and teach us, and and walk with us, and we're trying to walk with him. Uh, it's a very different. Uh, it's a different different mindset than thinking that the world is some kind of like bad place that we have to just navigate, and and get through it all, and just maximize pleasure. In the meantime, the world is conspiring against us. It's a very very different mindset. So let's think about that because I think there's a lot to think about there. However, let me also say it in a different way. Uh, let me let me take it to a different place. Pharaoh's dreams, 
Pharaoh's dreams to me, and this is now how I see it, Pharaoh's dreams actually signal something dangerous. Pharaoh dreams of seven cows, emaciated and, uh, excuse me, seven fat uh, and, and healthy cows being swallowed up by seven emaciated cows. And so too he sees stalks um, that are healthy and then they get swallowed up by, by unhealthy stalks. To me, the actual message is there's an entity coming to Egypt called the Jewish people and we, Egypt, we're going to swallow them up. And you're not going to remember at all that there was a Jewish people. They're going to come down to Egypt and our huge, superior, and powerful culture will be able to swallow up this little tribe. Because the tribe is little, uh, and while it has its own fatness and its own, uh, and its own uh, gravitas, it will be swallowed up by us, you know, Egypt. And he doesn't, he doesn't know how, he sees Egypt in his mind, and correctly, as a skinny and, um, uh, and unhealthy a cow, uh, and I, why would he see it that way? But he says, I've never seen the likes of, of that kind of cow in all of Egypt. To me saying, yeah, that is Egypt. Meaning to say, I actually do recognize, I might subconsciously, that this represents Egypt. And I'm here to swallow up the Jewish people. Uh, and that is what's going to happen to the Jewish people. Sure, they have a certain you know, light and power, and they were in Canaan, but now God is disfavoring them, and there's a famine in the land, and there's a, there's a split in, that, in, in, that, in those tribes, and I will now destroy, Egypt will now destroy uh, Israel, uh, and so many, so many of cultures have tried to do indeed that, which is to swallow the Jewish people up. Um, and so, and so that, that's the dream. The dream of Egypt is to swallow Israel and to, and to have it be erased uh, from history. And when Joseph hears this, he basically sets out a plan. Oh, I'll, make, I'll give you another proof. What, is, what, is, uh, uh, what does Pharaoh actually do to, um, uh, to Joseph? He gives him a new name. He gives him new clothing and he gives him a new wife. Those are the things that will erase your identity. You got a new language, a new name. Your name is now this. And here's how you look externally with these clothes. And here's your wife. So your bloodline is going this way. So you are being assimilated. He didn't say to him, oh, you're a Jewish advisor? Well, great. Here, you put on your tefillin, do your thing. Here's the Chabad house. Uh, you stay there. Advise me. In the meantime, uh, uh, I'll do my thing. You do your thing. You stay Jewish and I'll stay Egyptian. We'll work together. No. He's like, no problem, Joseph. I'm going to first step that I make is going to turn you into an Egyptian. Walk like an Egyptian. Okay. Little did he know that the uh, clothing and the name would be a mask. Um, and the wife, long story, is actually the daughter of Dina, uh, his, uh, uh, Joseph's sister, uh, who is a product of the uh, illicit relationship uh, between uh, Dina, the forced relationship between Dina uh, and uh, the uh, Shechem son of Hamor from, from the city of Shechem. Okay, so he didn't know that, but that's what he wanted. He wanted to assimilate and erase Joseph as a Jew. But Joseph had other plans, and so he sets into motion a plan in order to 
uh, save the Jewish people, protect them, set them aside, and make sure that they don't assimilate with Egypt and that their identity does not get destroyed. Um, uh, there's one more proof to what I'm saying is that uh, the stalks come up, it says seven in one, uh, from one mikane echad, bekane echad, it says, with, from, from one central uh, stalk, one central like beam, one central uh, um, uh, uh, you know, branch. These words only appear one other time in the whole Torah, and that is with regard to the menorah. Yes, he saw a seven-branched menorah being swallowed up by this inferior stalks. But the first stalk that he saw was the Chanukiah, was the, was the menorah of the land of Israel, the state of Israel, the Jewish people, the Mikdash, and it was swallowed up by Egypt. That is what he saw in his dream. And... And Joseph sets out to ensure that that dream is, is more of a warning than a prophecy. He knows to tell the difference between a prophecy of, and, and our rabbis tell us, a prophecy of doom, of destruction, a bad prophecy can yet be averted. Okay, A prophecy of good will happen. And a prophecy of destruction can still be averted. And that is what, uh, what, he, um, what Joseph saw. And he set out to avert uh, that destruction of the Jewish people. And how he did it is, is no, no, no complex task. He also, had to, at the same time, set out to uh, uh, make Egypt uh, succeed through this, these famine years, and also the whole plan uh, about how to ensure that his brothers did tshuva, repented, and, and will accept his uh, dominion and his will in order to bring them down, in order to... to to install the regime that would enslave them in order to install or create the atmosphere for the slavery and then, and then uh, the great exi- uh, exodus. Not a simple role in history. Not a simple role in history does Joseph have. And Joseph has a role of bringing the Jewish people down to exile. That is not a role, let's say, that I would like so much. No, I wouldn't want to be the, the man who brought the Jews down to exile. And that's why, that's why in the end of the story, the person who does the tikkun, the fixing of what, jo- the, the, the kind of fixing up of what, uh, the, the dark thing that Joseph had to do, which is to exile the Jews, was going to be Yoshua bin Nun, Joshua, the son of Nun, who is uh, the scion, the leader of the tribe of Ephraim, which is uh, from the tribes of Joseph. And therefore, the first thing that he's going to do is he's going to bring the Jewish people to the land of Israel and bury his grandfather, Yosef, uh, in Shechem, uh, with the bones that they brought all the way from Egypt. Point being is that, uh, and, and notice, Joseph does not die in Egypt as an Egyptian. He, is, he says to them, he adjures them, take me out of this land. This is not my land. Make sure that, that you know that I was not an Egyptian. I was a Jew heading to the land of Israel. Powerful stuff, definitely powerful stuff. Uh, and I, I want to tell you that I'm, as I'm walking here, I see nobody for, for, for miles and miles, and I see these beautiful mountains, and I know that there's Egyptian hieroglyphics not so far away from here. Um, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the pathway of the brothers down to Egypt, maybe right through the exact same place where I'm stepping right now. Um, 
and uh, the great return of the Jewish people through the desert and maybe camping right where I am right now. Uh, and all that with the eye to build a Beit HaMikdash and to uh, praise God or, uh, around the world, globally, uh, it, from Yerushalayim, the holy city, and to resurrect and rededicate that, uh, that temple a second time and hopefully working on this third commonwealth, which should lead to and will lead, Bezrat Hashem, to a third Beit HaMikdash. Uh, it's powerful stuff, and it's uh, if you let yourself feel it, you definitely can. You definitely can, and and you can. And once you feel it, can you just pray? Can we all pray that Hashem activates us as much as possible to be part of His great story? Folks, you are listening to the Shai Fleischer Show down in the desert, and I want to thank Tabitha, Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, uh, Lou, uh, and Moshe Herman, Tabitha, and Yochavid. That's right, and Yochavid. For getting the show out. Thank you so much. I want to thank the good folks at JewishPress.com for getting our show out. I highly recommend you check out their website, JewishPress.com, and sign up for their email, which is the Jewish Express. I recommend that you order some yum yums for Shabbos uh, from our good friends at Prohibition Pickle, uh, which is a great. Uh, uh, a, a great service of uh, Shabbos treats and others throughout the week. If you love whiskey, if you love salami, if you love uh, pickles and herring, all that stuff, uh, Prohibition Pickle, check out their Facebook and their <clears throat> Instagram. You can order some stuff uh, for your favorite show hosts as well uh, and uh, get get it sent to their house uh, for this beautiful uh, Chag coming up. Uh, this the Chag that we're in with the Shabbos coming up inside the Chag, which also has... The most important, benching the uh, uh, grace after meals, the blessing after meals of the year, because it is the longest. You will have the Shabbat add-on, the Rosh Chodesh add-on, and the Hanukkah add-on. And I have this uh, uh, idea that I've uh, in- invented completely out of whole cloth, but I like it very much, which is if you bench, if you pray, bench is the Yiddish way of saying if, uh, uh, bless if you do the blessing after eating of the bread with all the three additives and you do it with full kavanah this year, this Hanukkah, with its longest benching of the year, then it, it, it will fix up any bad benching that you did throughout, uh, throughout the year. It's just a, it's like a, it's like do the big one, do it full, do it strong. Um, I also want you to check out yishaifleischer.com for all the other shows, articles, videos, and things. And uh, please keep in mind that we have a new uh, way to support the show, which is to just buy me a coffee. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai. And so many of you have actually joined the Buy Me A Coffee thing, and I can't believe it, and it's so beautiful. And you've bought me a coffee, and that means that like we're just together on this journey, and that makes me feel really, really, really great, and I appreciate it so much, and it makes a big difference, uh, not just financially, which it does, but also uh, emotionally, spiritually, we're linked together through the advent of Buy Me A Coffee uh, forward slash Yishai. BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash Yishai. You can find the link also at YishaiFleischer.com. I want to thank Hashem uh, for giving me a chance to speak with you. Uh, I hope that, that it is a me- meaningful in your life, uh, this time that I've spent walking in the desert with you. Um, and I want to just bless you uh, with the blessings of the light of Hanukkah, uh, with the blessings of the, the knowledge of Joseph, with dreams of, of, of rebuilding of the temple, of holding on to our identity, of uh, ma- uh, letting Hanukkah make us great again. Uh, I hope that you are uh, 
Um, I hope you're feeling the juice like I'm feeling the juice and I hope that we can send each other blessings. So send me a little blessing and I'm sending you a blessing here from the Negev Desert in the land of Israel. So God bless you. Stay strong. Stay connected. Stay part of the story. Keep channeling those blessings. Thank you, Hashem! God bless you guys. I just yelled out into the desert. I hope I didn't scare anybody <coughs> down in the mountains. God bless you guys again and Shalom. This is Eve Harrow, host of Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. Chanukah Sameach to all of our listeners who, along with us, are carrying on the Maccabees tradition of the few fighting the many forces arrayed against Hashem, His people, in our land. Let's keep our lights shining bright. Hey everybody, this is Yishai Fleischer, and like you, I love Hanukkah. I love Hanukkah. It's the festival of lights. So let's light it up. Let's light up this world. And one of the only stations that you can get the light of Israel with is the Land of Israel Network. It's going to give you a sense of what's going on here, what's really happening in the land. Wherever you are, you're going to be connected. You're going to be part of it. So check out the Yishai Fleischer Show on the Land of Israel Network and all the other great shows. So let's be together. Let's light it up. Let's light that Chanukiah wherever we are and be part of a great light together. <laughs>